possibility is not a promise, it's a call to action. You have to do the work to change your context. Hey everyone, I'm Stephanie Zamora, and this is our third episode on the Tales from the Journey podcast. In these first few episodes, I'm highlighting some of the key aspects necessary for uncovering and living out your purpose. And in this episode, we're going to be digging into what it takes to make the impossible happen. While this work is applicable throughout all different periods and areas of our lives, it is especially useful when we're doing the work to rise up and come back in the aftermath of challenging chapters and big life transitions. Because a lot of things, if not everything, feels impossible. The reality is anything that feels impossible is a clue around where we need to shift our way of being in the world, adopting an entirely new paradigm from which to engage with everything and everyone around us. This is not easy work, and it requires us to look more deeply at our subconscious programming and winning strategies. Essentially, learning how to let go of the very things that allow us to be as safe, secure, and successful as we have been up and until this point. Doing so allows us to become the clearing for our impossible future to become possible. And we also learn how to take a completely different type of action in order to move it from possibility to reality. Again, you're going to see a lot of this modeled throughout the interviews with our guests around healing, finding a new sense of wholeness, uncovering their purpose, and building their lives, careers, and businesses around it. Much of what I've learned about what it takes to make the impossible happen comes from my favorite book, The Last Word on Power by Tracy Goss which we're linking to in the show notes. Now, I've read and studied this book so many times over the last several years that it's become an integral part of my thought process and way of being, and I seriously cannot recommend it enough. While Tracy's work is a huge piece of everything that I do now around making the impossible happen, she's primarily focused on executive reinvention. And her book, at times, is hard for most people to translate and adapt to the kinds of journeys that we're focused on here. Now, I've adapted what I've learned from her, and I've merged it heavily with what I've studied and learned about personality typing, core wounding, and subconscious programming into a five-phase matrix. Now, whether your impossible desire is related to healing, growth, health, finances, relationships, lifestyle, career, and business, or anything else, utilizing this matrix will allow you to call it forward and into reality often more quickly than you believe you can. And the reason that it's a matrix is because we move between the different stages depending on what we're experiencing as we do this work to call our desires and visions forward. There may be times you pop back into stage one before leaping back to stage four. There may be times you're working in both stages three and five, but the matrix creates an environment in which the impossible becomes possible when you really understand it. So let's dive into the five phases. Phase one, uncover your impossible desires. What feels impossible to you from where you stand now? What, if it were possible, would be worth dedicating yourself, your time, your energy, and your attention to? The thing about what feels impossible to us is that it clues us into our deep desires and sometimes our secret visions. We often keep these desires and visions close to our hearts if we even acknowledge them at all because others will judge us, laugh us out of the room, or go on and on reminding us of how impossible they really are. So instead of sharing them or even claiming them as desires, we tuck them away and we focus on what seems possible based on what's been possible in the past. Or we focus on what seems possible based on what other people have done. Sometimes, even if someone else has done something extraordinary, like make a ton of money, heal their 
minds, hearts, and bodies, find the perfect community or partnership, or build a successful business and career, we still don't think it's possible for us. Because it feels so out of reach from where we are right now, we believe anyone else who has achieved it is just lucky, special, or they're cut from different cloth. The truth is, we can't have the desire for something if it's not actually possible for us. The fact that we desire it, the fact that we have a vision for it, means it's possible. But here's the rub, and this is something that I say all the time. Possibility is not a promise, it's a call to action. You have to do the work to change your context, step into a new way of being in the world, and take an entirely different type of action in order to move it into a reality. The desire and vision have to be worth it to you because the work of making impossible things happen is so so challenging at times. So what, if it were possible, would be worth dedicating yourself, your time, your energy, and your attention to? What, if it were possible, would you be willing to do this hard work for? And what, if it were possible, would you prioritize your life around because it's that important? You can't make impossible things happen if you don't know what impossible future you really want. Now, one thing to note, you don't have to see the whole picture. You just have to have a starting point. So you might not know what it means to find healing and a new sense of wholeness. You just know that you want it and then it feels impossible. You may not know what it looks like to have a deeply connected, supportive, nurturing partnership. You just know that you want it and that it feels impossible. You might not have any idea what it means to have a successful, thriving business or career where you make a ton of money every year. You just know that you want it and that it feels impossible and that is enough to start. Phase two, eliminate your stoppers. Now our subconscious stoppers are the things that keep us from taking any action towards what we say we want. And they're also the things that cause us to self-sabotage when we finally manage to make some progress towards our impossible desires and visions. The reason for this is that our subconscious mind is wired to keep us exactly where we are, even if it's painful and uncomfortable because it knows that what's known and familiar are things we can survive. When I was deep in the depths of my own grief, all I consciously wanted was to feel whole and healed and like myself again. I would say that all the time. I just wanted my life and my business back, and yet I could never seem to claw my way out. If I started to get traction, something would happen internally or externally that would send me right back to where I started. The reality is I knew how to be broken and grieving and traumatized. It was gut-wrenching and painful, but it was known and familiar. Our subconscious does everything it can to keep us from making changes of any kind. That's its survival instinct at play. And one of the ways that our subconscious programming shows up is through our winning strategy. As Tracy writes in her book, the power that brought you to your current position of prominence and responsibility, the power that is the source of your success in the past is now preventing you from making the impossible happen. Our winning strategy isn't something that we develop. It is something that develops us from a very young age so that we can thrive and stay safe. It's what allows us to reach whatever level of success that we're at and to find our place in the world, to be loved, to have relationships and community. It's the strategy that you've unconsciously used to achieve everything that you've achieved. And it's the reason that you can't make the impossible happen for yourself 
now. When I first learned this, it blew my mind because how, if I've stayed safe, if I've made this much money, if I've had this much success in my business, I've created these relationships and communities on and on. How can that winning strategy be the thing keeping me from going to the next level or creating different outcomes? The reason is because anytime you're operating from a subconscious winning strategy, you're automatically saying, some things are possible, others are not. And because of that, you're unable to go for the things that stretch you outside your normal comfort zone. And this isn't just about being uncomfortable. It's about moving away from what's known and familiar. Now, what's known and familiar, what's at the root of your winning strategy is determined by your subconscious mind at a very young age. Before we're about five to seven years old, our conscious mind has yet to come online. And it's what allows us to accept or reject information and ideas at about ourselves and how the world works. So before that happens, our subconscious mind is wide open and it receives everything. Our understanding of what's safe and unsafe, possible and impossible, is defined when we're tiny little tots at the mercy of external systems, including our family systems, education system, and societal systems. Now, because we're a unique personality type, we develop a unique core wound. That core wound generally revolves around some form of feeling unlovable, feeling broken or damaged at our core, feeling like we don't belong, or some flavor of not being good enough. And whatever our core wound is, it shapes what we believe is possible for our lives. Thus, our winning strategy is developed and begins to shape and develop how we move through the world. Now, in order to win and succeed in life, we start to lean on a specific strategy that inherently reinforces the idea that only some things are possible, that we must operate in a specific way to stay safe, secure, and successful. And this becomes so ingrained in our way of being in the world that we don't even realize it's happening. And it's everywhere. Anytime something feels impossible to you, it's because of this winning strategy. This paradigm that was developed when you were as small as can be. And stepping outside of your winning strategy isn't about choosing another one. We actually don't want to take the winning strategy we've been operating from and choose something different. That's not how it works. It's about eliminating winning strategies altogether and shifting the way you're being in the world and the kinds of actions that you take. But you can't do this when you don't understand what your winning strategy is. Now, honestly, you're not gonna figure it out from this episode alone because it's so insidious and inherent to your worldview that it's often hard to identify by yourself. That said, there's a whole lesson and exercise available in our eight-part journey mapping sampler, which you can find at talesfromthejourney.tv free if you wanna go deeper. But so that you have a sense of what your winning strategy is, there's four parts to it. The first part, is what do you listen for? Where is your attention drawn in every situation or conversation? Are you trying to understand what's wanted or needed? Are you trying to get a sense of the plan or desired outcome? Are you trying to see things that if they're on or off track? Are you working to uncover the truth or what's right for each situation? There's always something very specific that we're listening for, even if we're just intuitively feeling into an experience or trying to get a sense of what's going on. The second part, from what actions do you expect 
power. What do you think or feel is the essential solution or action in any given situation to produce a successful or winning result? Basically, once we've heard what we're listening for, we take very specific action that we know is going to help us win or succeed in that situation or conversation. So do you always work to provide what's wanted or needed? Do you do whatever it takes to fix or resolve things? Do you start organizing or putting things into a plan? What is the action that you take that you expect power from? Third part, what is the desired outcome? What's most important to you in the long run? What do you want to feel? And this is how we'll know that we've won at whatever it is that we're trying to do. We'll feel valued and appreciated. We'll feel important and special. We'll be in control or in charge. We'll be needed. What it is that we desire to feel is what drives us and our actions and clues us into what our core wound is. The final part, the fourth part, what am I trying to avoid? Now, this is rooted deeply in our core wounding. We want to avoid feeling bad or wrong, feeling unlovable or not good enough, feeling rejected. What are you trying to avoid feeling? What are you listening for so that you can take a specific action to feel or create a very specific outcome to avoid feeling something else? Now, these four elements provide clues to our winning strategy and the subconscious patterns and programs at play that are actually stopping us from creating what we want. There's so much more in this phase of the matrix, but beginning to unlock your winning strategy is the first and most essential step. Phase three, decide and declare. Now deciding and declaring are critical for making the impossible happen. Once we decide and not just like, oh yeah, I think maybe I'll try and make this happen, but full mind, body, and soul decide that it is happening. It allows us to begin shifting our way of being in the world. And once we shift our way of being, so much becomes possible and accessible for us. The book, A Course in Miracles, says that a miracle is a shift in perception. Deciding in that full being way shifts our paradigm and perception and creates entirely new context for our life. Then we get more specific, targeted, and intentional in this decision through our declaration of what we are going to now organize all of our time, energy, and attention around. Nothing happens without deciding and declaring. Decision has always been key in my making the impossible happen in my own life, and I want to give you just a few quick examples. So first, with my PTSD, as I said before, I spent many months struggling to live my life, run my business, and just get through each day because my brain stopped working. I couldn't make sense of time. I couldn't make sense of my life, logistics, information, or anything in between. And because of my PTSD, my business died a slow death and it felt like I couldn't do anything about it. I couldn't even get a job because A, I wouldn't have been able to do the work and B, I most likely would have forgotten that I had a job and gotten fired anyways. And many of my brilliant friends and mentors tried so hard to ease my suffering by trying to help me accept it for what it was. Maybe this is just how my brain was going to be and I needed to learn to live with it, but I refused to accept that and I wouldn't. I decided that I would get my brain back and declared that it was possible. If my brain could be rewired that deeply in one single moment, there was a way to wire it back. And inside that decision and declaration, I immediately organized all of myself around it even though it felt so unbelievably impossible from where I was. I started learning about PTSD, trauma, and how the brain works, even though I literally couldn't remember 
anything that I read. I worked with so many different healers and modalities. I pushed the limits of my brain until failure so that I could stretch it more and more. I did so many things that I hadn't been able to do before. I had decided and I have gotten my brain back. It took years of deciding, declaring, and acting in alignment to get it back, but it's back. It's different, yes, but it's back. The second example is with my failing business and empty bank accounts. Because of my PTSD and the situations I found myself in, including an abusive relationship and a very intense health issues, I could barely make ends meet for three years. I ultimately ran out of money in the middle of Iowa on the way to a training in Canada. Thankfully, I was with my mentor. But between that trip and attending a conference with one of my clients, I decided that I was done struggling with money. I was done being small and stalled out because of my grief and trauma. No more. So I declared that I would make a ton of money, grow my team again, and get back on my feet, and that I would do it quickly. And inside of that decision and declaration, I immediately organized all of myself around it. I started making money immediately and went on to make more than I had ever made in my business to date. In fact, I crossed the six-figure mark in my business revenue within six months. And the last example, creating a new life in the mountains. I started dreaming about moving to the mountains and buying a forerunner that I could sleep in the back of on adventures when I was deep in my healing, but it felt impossible. Moving away from my friends and healing community after all I had been through was terrifying. Buying a forerunner, even though I was starting to make money again, felt impossible because I had filed for bankruptcy from all of the struggle that came before. All of it felt impossible. Then we discovered that there was mold in the house I was renting and I had to move. So I decided that I would make my move to the mountains happen. I declared that I would move in just a few months and that I would buy a forerunner and I would live my beautiful little mountain life. And inside that decision and declaration, I immediately organized all of myself around it. And guess what? My uncle had a well-maintained low mileage forerunner that he wanted to sell at that moment. And he happily let me do a payment plan. My landlord let me out of my lease and the perfect apartment became available in the valley that I wanted to move to. It happened so quickly and seamlessly. We have to decide and declare. Otherwise, we never organize ourselves, our lives, and our way of being around making it happen. And when we don't do that, it's just a hopeful someday goal that never gets realized and is always sometime down the road. Someday we'll heal our physical and emotional ailments. Someday we'll find a way to pay off debt and be financially free. Someday we'll move. Someday we'll start our business. Someday we'll be happy. It can be far sooner than you believe, but you have to decide that it will be and declare it as such. And this is such a key step that often gets skipped over because we're scared and we haven't done the work to untangle from our winning strategies that make it impossible for us. Phase four, clear the path. Now, once we've decided and declared, we have to become the clearing for our impossible vision. We do that through our way of being and not just doing things differently. So change and transformation are two very different things. We create change by altering what we're doing, but that only leads to continuous improvement around what we've already determined is possible for us. When we alter our way of being in the world, we're 
able to create true transformation for ourselves because we are shifting the context and paradigm that we're operating from. And that allows what was once impossible to become possible. Then that new way of being influences what we do and how we do it, which moves our new possibility into a reality. But our action is much different and we'll talk about that at the end. For now, clearing the path is all about calling our future and our future self into the now by being them. And this isn't about faking it until we make it. That's just a different form of doing things differently that's disguised as being. We do this by tapping into the version of ourselves that has the impossible things that we want and showing up as them in the now. This requires full embodiment. Everything we are eating, drinking, acting, talking, walking, doing, creating, connecting, and all of the other things from our future self's way of being. We are fully embodying it energetically in how we move through the world and how we engage with the things around us. Now, the only way that we can fully embody this future self is to first know who that is by doing the work that comes before this, which I've already outlined, but also by understanding that, as Tracy writes, we have full authority of what we say is possible or not possible in our lives. This has always been true, but because we weigh what's possible so heavily on what's been possible in the past, we haven't taken this authority for ourselves. We haven't allowed ourselves to fully embody that way of being in the world because it's more of a nice intellectual idea. When we really root into this idea that what is possible is what we say is possible, we're able to embody it in the world and we're able to see and accept that we're wildly powerful creators. We just have to learn to engage with the world differently through our context and way of being. There's a lot more that goes into this piece as well, such as understanding universal laws, having a deeper sense of trust and faith and whatever our higher power is, learning discernment and cultivating our intuition and moving out of the universal human paradigm that says there is a fixed way things should or shouldn't be, which limits our ability to create and possible things. So once you've decided and declared, who do you need to be? How do you start showing up as a person who has what you desire right now? Making decisions from that place, taking actions from that place, engaging with others from that place, expecting that what you want will happen. Anytime you're faced with a decision, action, or opportunity, you have to ask yourself what the you that has the things you want, what would that person do? This is a place that we often get tripped up because outside circumstances seem to reinforce that what we want isn't possible. You still don't have money. You're still unwell or suffering. You're still surrounded by the wrong people. You're still not living the life you want to have. But this is foundational to being able to bridge that gap between where you are and what you want. If you're not able to call forward future you who has these things that you desire, fully embodying that way of being in the world, you won't be able to take clean, aligned actions that make it a reality. Which leads us to the last phase. Phase five, bridge the gap. This is where we start to make our impossible desires a reality and it's all about action. That said, when it comes to making the impossible happen, it's about the types of conversations we're engaged in, not just what we're doing. We use requests, promises, and declarations to continue closing the gap that we've already begun to bridge through our new way of being. Now, one of the key conversations that we have to engage in is a conversation about what's missing. This is not about what's wrong or what's not the way it should be. 
It's just about what is missing for us to bring our impossible desires into reality. To do this, we have to release all interpretations of what's happening to and around us. Essentially, something happens. Things don't go the way we want. Someone tells us no. We fall short of a goal, whatever it is. And normally what we do is we have feelings about it that trigger a story. That story is an interpretation of what happened and is rooted entirely in the past or the way we believe things should be. When this happens, it triggers our winning strategy and moves us out of the realm of being able to make impossible things happen. Remember, any time that we're in our winning strategy, we are reinforcing that some things are possible and others are not. And we're trying to ensure things turn out the way they should. That should is limiting. So instead, we have a different conversation with ourselves and others. Something happens and we have our feelings. Feelings are healthy, important, and they are always welcome. What we don't do is tell a story about those feelings or about what happened. We feel the raw emotion that's there and we move it through in a healthy, safe, and productive way. We notice the story because as humans, we can't help but be meaning-making machines, but we don't indulge in it. We set it to the side and recognize it for what it is, a story and an interpretation rooted in the past. All that happened is what happened. Things didn't go how we wanted. Someone said no, a goal wasn't met, whatever it is, that's it. That is all that happened. Once we, once that aside, we ask ourselves what's missing. What is missing to move our impossible future into a reality? If something didn't go how we wanted, what was the desired outcome and what is missing to fulfill it? What can we try that we haven't tried? Who can we make a request of? If someone said no, what is it that we were trying to achieve by asking them? And who can we ask instead? Does their no have any helpful information or insight that can help us move it to a yes? What do we need to alter in our approach to get a yes from them or someone else. If we fell short of a goal, what is it that we were trying to achieve or meet? And what happened to cause us to miss the mark? What needs to be different? Where do we need support? We're no longer hooked by the interpretation and story, and we're no longer locked into our winning strategy, which frees us up to stay in our new way of being and better bridge the gap to where we want to be. And the key is to move as quickly as possible into what's missing so that you can then make a request or a promise. These elements of conversation create new types of action rooted in our new way of being and require a constant jump back to phase one, three, and four. What do we desire? What did we decide and declare? Who do we need to be? And of course, noticing your winning strategy and subconscious stoppers as they crop up. We also have to be willing to continually push our edges and expand our window of tolerance for what's hard and uncomfortable. We're making the impossible happen. And while that's inspiring, it's nothing close to easy. We will constantly come up against our triggers, our traumas, our unresolved grief, fears, and limiting beliefs as we do the work to bridge the gap. Pushing our edges means consciously bumping up against those points that are uncomfortable and gently pushing further than we've gone before. Knowing full well it will trigger all of our subconscious stuff and committing to continually moving through it so that we become more and more comfortable at doing big, scary, impossible things. It doesn't matter how many impossible things you do, every time you go for another, you will have to work through this matrix. You will find new ways that your winning strategy is cropping up and working to keep you within a safe, known, and familiar realm. You're going to find new edges to push, new subconscious stoppers, new levels of comfort that are hard to step out of. You'll engage in new conversations again 
again and again because doing impossible things means there will inevitably be roadblocks along the way. Obstacles are par for the course, but so long as you're operating from a new way of being and having different conversations, you will find ways to move through them and into what you desire. So there you have it, a high level overview of what it takes to make the impossible happen using this five phase matrix. When it comes to going after our impossible visions and desires, it's so easy to have doubt. It's easy to focus on the failures and hold ourselves back out of fear. I totally get it. I have personally failed spectacularly at times. Truly, I have made huge mistakes and missteps on the way to where I am now. Grief and trauma took me out of the knees and flattened every aspect of my life, work, and sense of self for three long years. So despite the fact that I have built, dismantled, and rebuilt myself and my business more times than I can count, it is so easy to have doubt. It is easy to focus on the falls and the failures and hold myself back from what's next out of fear. But as Bob Proctor says, fear and faith both demand you believe in something you cannot see. Fear and faith are the same thing. Belief in something that we haven't seen or experienced. And yet we give fear all the power. We let it carry the most weight. We decide what's possible and impossible based on past experiences that have no relevance in the now. Stepping into new ways of being and clearing the path requires faith. It requires a belief in what you can't yet see while continually letting go of past experiences and interpretations. It requires faith in your ability to continually move towards what it is that you say you want, regardless of outside circumstances. It is a deep, deep level of faith in yourself and your desires and visions. Remember, you can't desire or visualize something if it's not possible for you. It doesn't mean that it will be a seamless and easy road to making it happen, but it is possible for you. And possibility is not a promise. It is a call to action. There's so much more that can be said about this matrix and process, but this will get you moving in the right direction. I hope that you enjoy all of the phenomenal interviews on this show. Come back to these first few episodes from time to time as you listen to the stories of others rising up, coming back and stepping into their purpose, and you'll really begin to see these models at play in their journeys. The more we understand it and the more we're able to see it modeled for us in real experiences, the easier it becomes to implement for ourselves and our journeys. I can't wait to see what impossible things you accomplish. Thank you so much for joining us today and for being a part of this powerful community of purpose-driven individuals. We have a ton of free resources for you at www.talesfromthejourney.tv free, including access to an eight-week sampler of our renowned journey mapping program. That gives you instant access to impactful training lessons, life-changing exercises, and our signature AccuSesh processes that you can implement immediately. We'd love your help in getting the message out and growing our community. So please take a moment to share this episode, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us a review on iTunes. I'll catch you in the next episode.